Alright everyone, welcome back to the Cool Kids Lunch Table podcast with PJ and Mike. I'm Mike. I'm PJ. This is our third episode. Um, if you're a repeat listener, thanks for uh, coming aboard. If you're new, you know, welcome. Uh, find a spot at our table because uh, we got a lot to talk to you uh, about today. We're, PJ's going to talk about some um, Animaniacs, we're going to talk some Harry Potter, some also New York City uh, in general. So welcome everyone and uh, get that lunchbox open and ready to go. Here we go. All right. So uh, I'm going to start off. I just want to talk a little bit about a childhood memory, a core memory. One of the things I remember most, right, when we were kids in school is the minute school was over, you wanted to rush home. Like I always wanted to get home because cartoons started like three o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. You're getting out of school at like 2, 2 30. And you didn't want to miss those cartoons because I loved getting home for like Batman the Animated Series oh, and yeah. Gargoyles and mm-hmm. all those kind of shows. But my favorite of all the after school cartoons uh, was always the Animaniacs. I just oh, had, wow. I yeah, okay. I had an affinity for that show. I loved it. It was it was entertaining. It was funny. It was it was for kids, but the jokes on that show hit for kids, but also hit for a little bit of an older audience. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of Bill Clinton jokes on that show for a, right. for a cartoon. And it was musical, so it kept your attention as a kid. And I just always, always, always loved it. Um, but yeah, my one of my core memories is like, I got to get home for after-school TV, after-school cartoons. I used to love it. So not that long ago, I saw that there was going to be an Animaniacs live concert. I'm like, that sounds fun. Like, I'm sure they're going to sing all the songs from the show. And it was, turns out they were doing it right here on the island. They were doing it in Patchogue. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, I'm going to go. It was a cheap ticket. And I'm like, it has to be fun. I remember the show as a kid. I loved it. So we got tickets, and I went to see Animaniacs Live this weekend. Right, right. And it was a blast, first of all. It was two hours. Mm. It was a two-hour show, which I didn't expect. I thought this was going to be 90 minutes tops and you're out. But it was long enough to have an intermission and everything. Um, But uh, it was just two people on the stage for most of the show. For a little while, there was a third. Um, so it was a small act. There weren't a lot of musicians, a lot of bands or anything. It was just one guy with a piano and some singing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was real scaled back. It was, you know, when you listen to the songs on the on the show, it, they're very, very musical. A lot of instruments, yeah. a lot of stuff going on. But, you know, for the for the concert, they didn't do that. It was just the guy playing the piano. So, and I'll get into who was actually there in a few minutes. I just wanted to set the stage a little bit because I really... Didn't know what to expect going in. I've been, we've all been to concerts, right? But yeah. this was like, not a mm-hmm. band. I didn't know how this was going to be set up, but it was really, it was. You ever watch like TV, and mm-hmm. you see like someone doing a piano recital, and it's just yeah. like yeah. a grand piano on a, on a mm-hmm. big stage, and a guy just playing it. It was legit set up like that. Like it could have been a classical composer playing music. That's how the stage was set up. So are they re- recreating, are they doing like a table read of an episode or are they just doing songs from the just, show? Or what it was is uh, just songs from the show and then they gave you like behind the scenes and backstage information, how they came up with the ideas for the songs and how they wrote them oh. and all that stuff. So it was pretty good. So the, the main players on the stage were uh, Rob Paulson, it was uh, Maurice LaMarche and Randy Rogel. Um, Randy Rogel was the composer for a lot of the music and he wrote a lot of the songs. Mm. Um, so he was there, he was the guy at the piano. And then you have your Rob Paulson who in, in Animaniacs is Yakko. Okay. Okay. And he's also, um, the, the scientist. Um, I can't think of his name right now. I'm having a brain fart, but right. Uh, Dr. Scratch and Sniff, Dr. Scratch and Sniff. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, And he does the voice of that. You are now hypnotized. 
Um, but outside of Animaniacs, Rob Paulson is like the voice of our childhood. Mm. Um, he was in Darkwing Duck as wow. uh, as one of the villains. He was Steelbeak. I don't know if you remember Steel. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. he was like a chicken with a metal beak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> he was in the 1980s, what is it, 7 Ninja Turtle cart, like the original one? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, I believe, Raphael in that. Wow. Yeah, wow. and then he was in... Uh, he actually did in the reboot cartoon for Ninja Turtles that came out a few years back on Nickelodeon. He was Donatello. Wow. He, wow. Um, he was in a couple of um, a couple of other things, too. He did a lot of voices in Tiny Toons. He did a lot of voices on Transformers, Scooby-Doo, Thundercats. He did some voices on Thundercats. Oh, right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Jimmy Neutron, he was Carl. Um, yes. Are you going to finish that croissant? Wow. Wow. Right? Like, pretty eclectic. Yeah. yeah. And Maurice LaMarche was there also. He is the brain on Animaniacs. He's another guy that I so didn't... He's, he's brain from Pinky in the Brain. Yeah. He's wow. brain from Pinky in the Brain. Um, and I didn't know that he did so many other things that I was watched as a kid. Mm-hmm. Egon Spengler from the Ghostbusters cartoon. He was Inspector Gadget. Wow. Okay. Yosemite Sam. Tons of voices on Futurama. Mm. Um, you watched Hey Arnold, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember Helga Pataki, her, her father? father? Wow. He was the <laughs> yeah Bob Pataki of the uh, Beeper Empire. Wow. Right, and uh, and here was one that really I had would never have guessed. Uh, Toucan Sam. Just follow your nose for the fruity tasted show. Whoa. Yeah, Fruit Loops. Right. So, like I said, these guys were the were the voice of like my childhood. Right. Uh, so it was cool to see them on stage. Uh, so the way it starts off is like they come out there, they introduce the songs or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're singing, they're doing their thing. But um, they introduced a little bit of the history of what the Animaniacs were and the backstory of the show. And I don't think as a kid I realized this. Mm. Uh, the The idea was that these were 1930s cartoon characters. Wow. Yeah, I had they, no clue. That was the backstory of the show. They're not in real life. They were created, obviously, in, like, what, 94 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Or ni- I don't remember what year yeah, it came yeah, out. Yeah. But the actual idea, the plot of the show, was that these were 1930s cartoon characters, black and white cartoon characters, that had, like, that vaudeville style um, yeah. of comedy, like slapstick and people falling down. And they get locked in the tower, um, in the water tower, because that sort of comedy is phased out and it's not funny anymore. Oh, and Warner Brothers okay, Studios man. has no, doesn't see any profit in them, so they want to get rid of them. They lock them in the tower. Right. And I didn't know that the origin of the characters or whatever were like that rooted. Yeah. In Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And and so I thought that was interesting. I I had no idea about that. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was cool to learn a little bit about the history of the characters because when you're a kid, that stuff flies over your head. You just think they're goofy yeah. characters. Uh, they tell some stories about how they were promoting it and all this other things. Apparently, originally, the characters looked like uh, more like Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And you know, they didn't. If you look at them now, they have like almost like bunny kind of ears, right? Mm-hmm. But originally, they had more of a, a Mickey Mouse sort of a look to them. Right. I always thought they were cats. That's what I thought. Yeah, they. They. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they actually ever say what kind of animals they are. They call them monkeys. They call them cats. They call them right. dogs. Right. Um, but one of the things they did, and this is what they started the show off talking about, and I thought this was was really kind of interesting and kind of funny, is they were promoting the show, right? Because they knew it was going to be coming out. And now you've mm-hmm. been to the Warner Brothers studio in, in California, yeah, yeah, yeah. in Burbank, right? Mm-hmm. So the actual water tower is there. They put a giant Yakko 
<laughs> on top of the water tower is like an advertisement. I like guess like a right, like a Macy's Day yeah, balloon yeah. kind of a, mm-hmm. a um, like prop or whatever on top of that that water tower. And this is before they redesigned them, so it still had the Mickey Mouse kind of ears. And one of the studio heads in Warner Brothers was sitting in their office, and the office faced the water tower. And he had no idea that they were going to do this. You know, they don't get in, big right. big wigs don't get involved in that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he looks out his window. And sees what appears to be to him Mickey Mouse on top of the oh, Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers studio. Oh my gosh. So so now they're like he's sees this and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. We're Warner Brothers. What is Mickey Mouse doing on my water tower? Get this down immediately and right. redesign this character. Right. So that's why they have the look they have, was because originally to look like that 1930s black and white character, like Mickey Mouse, to show that era of cartoons. Didn't work out, and the uh, the executives they were really kind of mm. not happy with that because it looked like they were putting Mickey Mouse on the Warner sure. Brothers Studio Tower, and I thought that was a really interesting piece of information yeah. that I never knew, and that's kind of how they start the show. They tell you a little bit about the backstory of of the Animaniacs, yeah. and, and then they go into singing some of the songs. It was incredible to me. You know, you see these guys, you don't see the, you don't see the guys, you just hear them like their voices on stage, exactly like they sound in the cartoon, but to see the the animation of themselves, like he yeah. morphs into a cartoon character. Rob Paulson, right. who does Yakko, mm-hmm. might as well have been born a cartoon character. He, right, right. He's on the stage, and his face and his mannerisms match the cartoon. Like you'd say, this guy is Yakko. If they put this guy in a pair of you know tan khakis and put right, him in right. a black shirt, right, 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 he right. might as well be the character. He gets into it. It's not just him doing the voice and singing a song. He he's animated as if he is Yakko Warner. Um, and I assume when they film, when, when they record the voices and stuff for the, for the show, mm-hmm. they probably do that. And it's probably a riot to like, to be yeah. part of a, an, an act like this. Um, they also went into a little bit about, you know, how they were able to film, the, like record the show and get all the, uh, the music, the music in there. Steven Spielberg is the producer of Animaniacs. Yeah. 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 I knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when Steven Spielberg is involved in something, you get a Steven Spielberg budget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They f- for every episode where they had to do the musical acts, right? Because they sing, and I think every single episode there's multiple songs. They got a 35-piece orchestra, and they recorded all the audio for all of these songs. They performed them on stage with a 35-piece orchestra <laughs> because Steven Spielberg foot the bill right. to be able to put this in the uh, in the show. And I thought that was another incredible piece of information. It's you know, you don't, I don't know, when I watch a cartoon, it's a cartoon, you yeah. don't always appreciate the work that goes behind the scenes. Yeah. It looks so easy to see a cartoon. It's, you know, you, you don't think of the work that goes into it. Right. I And I'm fascinated by that kind of stuff because I yeah. love animation in general. Yeah. And I think the the design of that show, I think, is, is something that's timeless. You can watch mm-hmm. that show now and it still holds up. Yeah. The animation holds up. The uh, The topics on the show hold up. I, uh, and yeah, so I thought that was really interesting too. I didn't realize it was a full orchestra. I, I just had no idea. Uh, so they talk a little bit about that, which I thought was interesting. And they do give you a lot of behind the scenes, but I, I had such a great time listening to them sing the songs and hearing the back, the, uh, the backstage information. Um, one of the things that they, uh, they sang, I, I don't remember the name of the song, it, but in Animaniacs, Yakko sings a song about how you're a small part of a big universe, essentially, mm-hmm. is the yeah. is the topic of the song. And it's one of the first songs they do in the concert. 
And they talk about in the song how you're, the universe is so big. You're, you're a speck yeah. in the universe as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sings the song or whatever, and they go through the whole thing. And it's a great song, and if you hear it, if you're a fan of the show, you'll probably know it. It's a great big universe, and we're all really puny. We're just tiny little specks about the size of Mickey Rooney. And then they go into how that's not the original version of the song. Mm. They had alternate takes. And, and it, again, everything gets run by the studio executives. And the end of that, that song, they're talking about how big the universe is. They end the song with, the, with them to the tune of It's a Small World. So the very oh. end of that song is Yakko saying, but it's a small world after all. And they send it out to be, uh, you know, approved. Mm-hmm. And the studio comes back with notes. You, you can't end the song right, with right. this because I don't want to wake up tomorrow morning after the show airs and yeah. have a lawsuit from Disney because yeah, you stole their assist. song. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was pretty interesting, you know, the way they had to change the songs. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nerd for this kind of stuff. Yeah. And... They sang all the hits from the show, and that was one of them. Um, another song they did that I thought was just fantastic. Um, you probably remember the song when he sings The Countries of the World. Yeah. Yakko's World. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they talk a little bit about that song. United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru. Uh, Randy Rogel, who was the producer of that, um, of the musical producer on that song, Actually, didn't start out as a musician uh, mm. at all. He was in the army, uh, in the military, I believe. They so they were given a little bit of a background, so I could be a little bit off, but it was, it was some sort of armed forces or something. And he finished out with that, and then he went to college again, and he's had a corporate America job. But he said he always wanted to get into music, so he um, he wound up just moving to Hollywood and trying to get into music, and he got a, a job on Batman the Animated Series. And he won an Emmy for, I guess, some of the writing and music he did for that show. Right. And while he's in his Batman the Animated Series office, he started to hear music across the hall from the Animaniacs. Hmm. And Animaniacs very show tunesy, and he wanted to be involved in it. So he he knocked on the door across the hall, and they were like, he's like, I want to be part of the show. This is what I want to do. Right. I like comedy. I like music. And originally they told him no. Wow. They're like, you you won Emmys for us on Batman. You, you don't. Right. get to be on this show like we need you on the other one mm-hmm. and he's like but I have the capacity to do it and I want to do it they made him write a song on spec they they didn't hire him they right. said write a song if we like it maybe we'll mm-hmm. give you a chance and he wrote Yakko's World <laughs> and they send it out and I guess the writers of the show were like this sounds like it could be a good song or whatever they send it to Rob Paulson to perform it to see how it sounds in Yakko's voice and if you've heard the song there's a lot of words in that song yeah he, on his first take, records the song perfectly. Whoa. He did and, a Sinatra take. Yeah. Just one take. <laughs> one take. He did a Sinatra take. And it was so good that they were like, well, this guy works on the show. Mm-hmm. And then these two guys form this friendship that lasts past the show. Um, and that's why they're on tour together. Wow. Yeah. It, it, it's an interesting story. At least I thought it was. So uh, that's how he wrote that first song. And that's how he got hired. And it was... You know, they sing that song on the, on the stage. And what they do, it was mind-blowing. Mm. They play the clip, the cartoon. Right. They strip the audio. And, okay. He has to sing that song in, in, to, in time right, with, with the, the cartoon. Right. And he hits it. Doesn't miss a beat. Right, right, right. He hits every word on time. And it... It was incredible to watch because he doesn't look at the screen. 
Mm-hmm. He just doesn't look at the screen. He looks like in the beginning to see when the song's about to start. Yeah, yeah. And then he just sings and he looks back every so often, you know, when Yakko's not singing because he's doing a little dance or whatever on the screen. He'll right. watch that and then mm-hmm. he jumps back into the singing. It would, it was just something. It was a spectacle to me yeah. to see someone yeah. do that uh, and still sound. And uh, he's not a young guy anymore, um, Rob Paulson, mm-hmm. but he sounds like Yakko Warner to me. He doesn't sound like he's aged. The voice yeah. sounds and great. There's no, room, there's no room for error on that. You're, you're, you have to keep in time. You're married to that thing, so it's, you know, you gotta, and that's a, that song is a mouthful. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, so it was something to see, man. It was really great, and I thought that was it was impressive. But you know what was even more impressive is there's a song that has Yakko and Doctor Scratch and Sniff singing. Right. He does both voices. Oh, he switches back and forth. He has to switch back and forth to Yakko. And Dr. Scratch and Sniff with the German accent right, on wow. stage. When they do it, I think, for the show, I think he records it separately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then they just put it together. But on stage, he does both parts going back and forth. And it was it was just incredible to see that level of talent. Like mm-hmm. I, I loved it. It was not an expensive show. It was not a packed theater because I don't think a lot of people would think to go to an Animaniacs live you know, mm-hmm. concert or anything like that. Uh, mostly adults, a couple kids, but you know, it was the people that were our age that watched the show when they were kids yeah. going to see it now. And it was such a good time. Like if if they ever go on tour again and come back in, I might actually see them again. It was mm-hmm. such a nostalgia trip for me to watch these guys sing these songs and then they do the Pinky and the Brain song and Brain mm-hmm. sings it because he comes out and they do like a whole sketch with in the voice. Uh, Rob Paulson also does Pinky. Wow! So he was able to do Pinky and that's the Brain. a really iconic duo. I mean, that show that that, yeah. that that became a breakout character. They broke out of Animaniacs and got their own movie. show. Yeah, and so they would do that on stage. That you know they do like a couple of skits as Pinky and the Brain and. Chief, mate, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. I was blown away by their level of, of skill and just, I don't know, man. I just felt like a kid. I felt yeah, like a sounds, kid. It sounds like, you know, almost watching them work behind the scenes, too. Like, it's like you're watching them perform, like, yeah. how they would do it in the studio. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. It was a great night. It was a great night. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy that I, I was like a last minute thing. Like, am I going to go? Am I really going to enjoy this? Should I? And then I was like, you know, what else am I going to do? What else yeah. am I going to do? And I'm so glad I bought that ticket because it was just two – it was two-hour show. They they had an intermission. It was long enough for an intermission. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just really had such a great time. Uh, if it's if it comes around in someone's area, they should see it. Yeah. Um, that's how much fun I had. But another thing that I wanted to talk about, same night, we got to the uh, – to Patch Oak early. Right. So just so our audience knows, we're – we're from Long Island, New York, and mm-hmm. out east on um, towards like the Montauk ends. Um, if you're going that way east, um, Patchogue is a, uh, I guess, an up and coming town. You know, they have yeah. a village there, that's, and they have the Patchogue Theater there. Um, I saw two concerts there. PJ saw um, Animaniacs. But continue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that town, like you said, it is a really cool town. So since we got there early, we're not close to Patchogue. We're like an hour or so away, maybe a little more. So we didn't want to get late. It was a Friday night, so. We left right after work in case there was traffic, and we wound up getting there early, so we had some time to kill. But there's a lot to do on that main street, and uh, and this is uh, this is gonna be a reco. Mm. So uh, so we were walking just you know down the street, and uh, we saw a pinball arcade, mm. and I was like, well, we got time to kill. Let's check out this pinball arcade. 
And it was so reasonably priced that I didn't feel like I wasted money going there or anything like that. But the name of the place, I want to give the name so you can find it if you look it up online. And it's, uh, it's simple. It's just called Pinball Long Island. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to, uh, I'll link the, put a link to their Instagram or their website or something on our site. But uh, it was 20 bucks for, for one person. So there was two of us. So it was 40 because I wanted my right. wife. There was 40 bucks. Well, you could, well, you could play. Like, it wasn't like a time thing. Like, you get yeah, an hour, yeah, yeah. you get two. You can stay in there as long as you want. Um, and if you leave to get food, because there's a lot of bars and restaurants right. on Main Street, if you show them the receipt, they'll let you back in. Oh, wow. Wow. Right? So that was, yeah. you can't beat that. So we went there, we were playing some pinball. They had a ton and ton and ton of different games. Like, uh, if you're a pinball is it, fan. Is it just strictly pinball or is there other machines like All pinball. There was many? like maybe, I saw a handful, like maybe three or four other arcade machines. Mm-hmm. But all pinball. And they had, um, you know, older machines too, like an Elvis machine, Indiana Jones machine, Star Wars. They sell Wars. alcohol there or anything like no that? No food or drink allowed. It's okay. Strictly just, 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 pinball. just pinball. They don't okay. want anyone spilling or getting anything on those machines. They're expensive right. machines. Okay, okay. Those machines, if you ever try to buy one, could go for like thousands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're I, expensive. I was never good at pinball. I don't really like pin, playing pinball to begin with, honestly. It's a very difficult game. Yeah. But I've always loved looking at pinball machines. I think they, they look beautiful. I love the lights. I love the noises. I love the... At least they're all kind of different. It's yeah. almost like baseball stadiums. It's not just one set design. Each one has their own different yep. field and gizmos and gadgets and bing, 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 bing. Yeah, there's like almost animatronics inside these little machines. So I, I didn't stay for too long because we, you know, I was only there for maybe 45 minutes to an hour just because we had a, a show to catch. But I did. I played the Star Wars, the Indiana Jones machines. They had a Willy Wonka, you know, and, and they all play some sound bites and stuff and songs that are reminiscent from the movies and the shows. And, it was such a great time, and, and if you're in that area and you're looking for something to do, I would 100% recommend playing some pinball. Pinball's a fun game, and you know you could go there, you could get something to eat, and then you can come back and play again. So I just wanted to, to throw that out there. If you're in the area, or you was go... there a uh, any uh, Animaniacs uh, pinball? Machine? There was not. There <laughs> were no Animaniacs. There was a Family Guy. Oh, okay. And the Simpsons were there. Um, with with um because you're. Uh, with Animaniacs, you reminded me of just I love the only not just what Yakko Wacko and Dot that had Pinky in their brain, but I always loved the Good Pigeons. Oh, I love the Good Pigeons. It yeah. was like a uh, basically like Goodfellas meets like Godfather. Yeah. I love that one guy who's like, he's like, and like that one guy who was like Ray Liotta's character. He was like kind of like the other one guy was Joe Pesci. You know what? You know we gotta do something for the in the Good Pigeons. You know, it's like the whole kind of thing. It was great. I right. think actually, I think Maurice Lamarche who was there did one of the good uh, did one of the pigeons. But oh wow, he didn't do the voice that night. But I do believe on the right. show he's the. Voice I love the Good Pigeons. That was like one of my favorite. That was one of the favorite skits. I just that, loved all that. I love that one. I mean, Pinky in the Brain is obviously just a standout on yeah. that show. I also liked Slappy Squirrel. You know, I, and and I want to give PJ a pop quiz. Uh, about those afternoon cartoons. But before we do, you just remind me, I'm not sure if it was on Tiny Toon Adventures or Animaniacs, but there was an episode where um, it was kind of like deep. It was like, I want to say Tiny Toons. Um, whatever it is, it's, I can't remember the exact episode what happens, but when a character, you know, isn't given jobs anymore, they start to like fade away. So they, they might be in color. They turn Then they turn to black and white. And then they literally fade away. And I remember the episode like, they're trying to gain relevancy. And, right. And, oh, that's what it was. I think it was Tiny Toons because they go, how does um, Bugs Bunny and Daffy look still young? And they go, they're still funny. They're still they're still 
going out there and the, and the other characters that forgot the show are fading away and, and there's a new cre- character right. that they created and he came back to life you know like they give him a job or some shit. but anyway that was a pretty deep episode but what is going to be deep if, if you can get these deep cuts okay of these questions so uh so for you listeners out there pj knows a lot about comic books this guy owns over in his own personal collection, 10,000 comic books. He keeps them actually in a storage unit. So this guy, you know, in my opinion, is an expert in comic books. So one of the hit shows on the afternoon slot, on the Disney afternoon in particular, was DuckTales. Okay. Now, DuckTales, uh, or I should say um, Scrooge McDuck, was actually uh, a, was created by an artist. And Disney, at one point, I'm not sure they still, they actually had their own comic books. Well, Disney... Walt yeah, Disney yeah. Comics. Do you know who created Scrooge McDuck? Do I know who created Scrooge the McDuck? Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that's a tough one. Um, and I actually own several um, Ducktail Scrooge McDuck comics. Mm-hmm. Um, as I love the I love the Ducktales. Mm-hmm. I know they're in Duckburg, <laughs> but if I, I I don't know who created them, I don't think it was Walt Disney himself. No, I, I don't no. think it was. Mm-hmm. Like, well, Disney created like you know, uh, you know Donald. Donald, Duck and, yeah, and but he didn't. His nephews Scrooge, and all that yeah. crap. But this guy created Scrooge McDuck or Uncle Scrooge. I don't you know. know who it is. Carl Barks. Wouldn't have gotten. Okay, Wouldn't that's have a, okay. That's a tough one. Yeah. And question two, um, like we're saying, you know, like I said, after school cartoons, Disney had their own thing. And it was huge. And just um, let me just give you this lineup. So the lineup was like at one point Ducktales. This is a, wasn't exact order after okay. school, but. It was DuckTales, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, Gummy Bears, and like Darkwing Duck. I mean, okay. damn. That's like murderous row. <laughs> really? That's that's crazy lineup. But that's like the original, basically OG. Yeah. You know, especially Gummy Bear. I think it's the, el- uh, the oldest one of all those. But um, can you name um, another four that were kind of like, I guess they could call it the second half of the Disney afternoon before okay. it kind of closed down. Can you remember? I have four here. There might be more, but these are the probably the biggest ones. Okay. And one actually is a little bit obscure. All right, Which let me see. Mean? So four kind of after-school Disney cartoons. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to see what I can get. Well, there's Bonkers. I don't know if you have Bonkers yes! on the list. Okay. Wow, I didn't think you were going to get that one. That's I got the bonk- one. I- okay. Bonkers, um, bef- before I answer the rest of this question, was supposed to originally be, I believe, a Roger Rabbit yeah, cartoon, yeah, and yeah. they didn't work out, and they, mm-hmm. they created Bonkers. He's a police officer in Toontown. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I love Bonkers, so that was one. Holy cow, right? Um, I want to say Gargoyles is on that. What? The um, one, the two that I think you were going to get. I want to say Gargoyles yeah, okay. is on that Damn. list. Damn. Okay. Uh, all right, hold on. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I don't know if it's on your list, but there was a Timon and Pumbaa. Oh, I don't have that on here. No, okay. No, no. There wasn't Aladdin. But I'll TV count. show all. Yes, Aladdin. I have Aladdin, on here. Yeah, there was. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if I can think of any other Disney cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, you said Darkwing Duck already. I know you said yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll give you a hint. Oh, yeah. Um, he's kind of like, you know, and you think about the Disney like you know the core form. You know. Was it Goof Troop? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I uh, always loved the theme song to Goof Troop. Goof Troop was great. I was like, so, yeah, man. So on Goof Troop, there's a character, PJ. Huh? Right? That's right. That's Max's best friend. Max's right? best friend. And um, just to bring it full circle, Rob Paulson does the voice. Oh, my God. From Animaniacs. But yeah, Rob Paulson does the voice of Holy that. cow. Great. Well, PJ, you definitely know your after-school cartoons, man. 
Um, what an exciting time just to run off the bus or if you get in your mom's or dad's car, you just run inside, getting that TV, um, popping in. But I want to share about um, my adventure to New York City. Okay. I went there with my uh, fiance. We went to the Harry Potter, they call it Harry Potter. Oh, <laughs> New York. Okay. Um, I've been, that's the big store, right? Yeah, basically, it's, it's basically, um, but, uh, we went there during the week, so I just want to make people know that because it wasn't crowded. So okay. I would probably recommend if you're going to go, go during the week because I, I can't imagine it because it was pretty busy. We went there on a Wednesday, uh, more, like, I think we got there around like 1030. But um, yeah, basically the Harry Potter store is—it's just a merchandise store. It's, you know, they got everything. They got clothes. They got shirts. They got the whole shebang. Um, wands. It's very expensive. Honestly, it's probably too expensive. You can—you're better off just going to Target and getting yourself a grant tea that says Hogwarts. But if you really want, um, I think it's worth getting like the wands because the wands you can't get um, unless you get it maybe online, I'm right. guessing, or you go to Universal Studios itself. So I think it's worth it. But the clothing and all that stuff, I mean, some of these hoodies, I mean, I don't even think they look even stylish. They look almost like they're wearing costumes. I mean, that could be cool if you're into that, but I mean, they work for a con, but some of it's just too uh, costumey looking for me. Not that, the, that terms of quality. Quality is very nicely made, but it's like something about it. It's like if you were to wear this, be like, you know. Um, well, because you don't want to walk around the street in a wizard robe. Right, right. Yeah, yeah or even like a hoodie. It almost right. looks just off. It almost looks like you're wearing like a, like a, which if you're into that, you're like authentic, like, like uh, a prop from the shell, I should say. Okay. You know, like a Hogwarts thing. So that's not really my flag. But, uh, yeah, really nice store, really clean. And, um, you know, really makes, they try to make it, you know, um, you know, the vibe. So it's not just like, you know, like just flat, yeah, know, beige I, walls. It's, you know, they have columns. They have, it looks like you're in, if you're in a gift shop in Hogwarts, this is what it would look like. You know, they got nice statues. They got the candy shop with the chocolate frogs. Looks like. Ah, I see that your friend Ronald has saved you the trouble of opening your chocolate frogs. All that kind of gizmos walking around and all those thingies going off. Yeah, I've been there, and it looks like it could fit all the theming, like if you were in Universal Studios yeah. in, like, mm -hmm. Harry Potter land, like. It looks like it's straight out of that kind of theme park. It's themed very well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think if you're going to go there and to visit, I would recommend, and I will put this on our recommendations. You go to our website and go to our tab where it says recommendations, and there you'll have anything that we uh, recommend. We're not endorsed or sponsored by these things. It's just stuff that we enjoy and we think you would enjoy as well. Uh, but they have um, a virtual... Simulate. They have a virtual simulator. They have two. So they, you can do a preview, and you have to order these tickets online, guys. So they have one, I don't know the exact name, but to make life easy, it's called Dobby's Adventure, which basically you follow Dobby, this little elf-looking dude. You walk around um, Hogwarts inside the castle, and um, kind of looks like in the trail, like Penrose Stairs. That's like mm -hmm. the stairs are going this way, that way, kind of crazy. And then the other one is when you follow Hagrid on a um, broom, and you're... Chasing the uh, Death Eaters. So, um, my fiance and I chose the Riding of the Broom because uh, I get kind of motion sickness. So I said, no, that one looks like a little bit more forward motion. And when just going by the trailers, that I think the uh, one with Dobby just with, with the Penrose stairs, I'm like, oof, that looks like Vertigo is going to kick in. But um, yeah, so to do um, the virtual thing, it's $37 per person. And it's about a. 10 minute uh, ride, you know, okay. eight to 10 minutes. But basically just to give you what it is. So you first go to a, um, 
Um, like first when you get there, you go to your um, like your uh, check-in spot. You go by a lamppost inside the place, you know, and someone checks you in, like uh, you know, with their iPad, and then then they walk you to um this little section. It's kind of like you're waiting on a ride. They, it's like the waiting room, okay, you know, like a prep room, and then you go in there, and then they're like, oh, welcome, you know, you know, today they give you like the backstory. Today you're gonna help you know Hagrid do this and that. You put your stuff in a locker, you know, and then while you're before you go into the uh, the simulation room. They give you um like wristbands that go on the palm of your um on your wrist and it goes on the palm of your hands. They show you how to put on a headset. The headset's actually in the other room. They just give you like an example of what it looks like. So then when you go in the next room, they have about let's say ten uh, brooms you actually sit on. It kind of looks like a uh, like if you get a straddle like a motorcycle. Okay. You know, but you sit on that. You put your headset on, and um, yeah, they basically the first um, like. Two minutes, you know, Hagrid's like, all right, uh, wizards, like, just fly around, get used to it. So you actually, you have, like, free roaming. You can basically just fly, you can go into the Quidditch area, okay. like, in that field. You can go between the, like, you, it's, like, free, like, it's, like, Grand Theft Auto. You can just go around. do whatever you're at. You can run into the buildings. And you don't <laughs> kill anybody. <laughs> you know, there's no prostitutes in there, but, <laughs> um, yeah, you can't hijack anything. But, anyway, it's pretty cool. They give you, like, a minute, two minutes to just, you know, fool around. Then the story kicks in. Okay. So he calls you back, and then... You have to basically fly around London, um, um, and basically there's Death Eaters after you. You have, to, you have to do something, but basically that's what it is. Right. You're getting chased by Death Eaters, and at that point, um, Hagrid's like, yo, everyone, every man for themselves, like, meet up later. <laughs> you know, meet, meet you at Hogwarts, like, everyone go. And at this point, when they say it's, uh, you know, time to every man for himself, a wand appears, and actually appears and you actually are able to physically hold a wand huh. and you actually see your hand in you know virtual world you actually see your avatar you see the other people okay on their brooms you can actually see you actually pick your uh your school you want to be uh you know, okay you be, uh, your house or whatever that's it okay your gryffindor or hufflepuff slytherin so um actually it was me my fiance and some other girl which i'll get into so it was three of we actually all picked a different house which is pretty cool okay. so when you're flying around, you actually see them you know color wise too it's like oh wow you know um, yeah, so as you're flying around with your wand, you actually aim and shoot at the uh, bad guys. You're actually huh. able to, and it's pretty damn accurate. And you're All flying right. too, like you're not, it's not like, um, like a three-year-old where like you're kind of forced to go a certain way. Like if you want, you can just keep going in circles, you know what I mean? Or like, I mean, you can't crash into the water, right. but like, you know, I was flying on there. I was trying to see what happened if I was like, they were... Chasing me, I would try to like make them crash into like a. Right. I was going into bridge. Maybe, oh, I could do like the movies where they crash into like the, the foundation of it. <laughs> you know, I went through seeing the the big eye, the giant Ferris wheel. You go through that. You know, like you can do whatever you want. You huh. know, so they're following you, and of course, at a certain point, they kind of make you link back up. You know, right. together. But uh, yeah, it's really good. I would definitely recommend it. You know, when I I would like to go back again and do Dobby's adventure. You okay. know. Um, if all else, if I start to feel dizzy or anything, I'll just close my eyes. But I didn't feel uh, any kind of motion sickness, you know. So if you're a person who experienced that kind of stuff, you know, I think you'll be okay. It's not, I mean, the, when you're riding the, uh, it's not shaking. Like, you okay. you lean into it. Like I said, you actually steer it. So you're in control. So if you want to just go straight, you can, you can just go straight. And that, that might help your, uh, you know, equilibrium. Do you get to design your avatar or it's just, it is what it is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You just get, I, when you go there, they first you choose your house. And then after that, they go, um, which avatar? And it's basically skin tone. Okay. So, um, and I think they'd say, you know, boy, girl. You okay. Know, they, you know, they uh, assign that. But everyone has, you know, like I, my head is shaved. They don't have a character. Everyone okay. has hair. Okay. So everyone basically looks like a different different kind of version of Harry Potter. Okay. You know? 
Um, but yeah, it, it was really, um, it was really great. I can't, really can't recommend that enough. It was a lot of fun. And we did, um, they also have butterbeer there. Um, so it's $12 for a beer. Now this isn't, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, Oof. this isn't, uh, it's not alcohol, it's, it's alcohol free. It's not real alcohol. It's nothing. It's nothing. It, it's, it's like just, soda. <laughs> yeah, it's just basically like, it reminds you of like ginger ale that has like butterscotch. Yeah. yeah, butterscotch, caramel, and they, um. Put the they put like a foam on it that's really just like a like a whipped cream some kind of it's, it's very sweet it's very good but you can drink it in a second um but when you're in new york city um when you get they give you like a it comes with it it's like a novelty it's a uh like it looks like a miniature oh like a collector little, mug kind like of a little thing. miniature okay. beer mug you know it's it's very small though um it's like a it's kind of almost like a little bit uh, it's like a regular smaller than a red solo cup okay um but yeah, we got two of those, but like I said, that gets... It's the novelty of it. Yeah. At least you get something for your money that you can yeah. take home. And if you don't want the butter beer, you can get the butter beer ice cream, which is basically vanilla ice cream with caramel on it. Okay. It's, you know, it's, I didn't get that. But at Universal Studios, I did get the butter beer. That, at Universal, I had more options. You can get um, the one I just, just... The first one described just regular butter beer. You can also get one that's like basically like a Slurpee or like a root beer. Like a frozen one. I've had the frozen one in Universal. Yeah, those are good. I would recommend. If you're gonna go to Universal, you get the Florida, frozen one because it's so humid there. I would recommend that. But, but yeah, it was really good actually. After the ride, because um, I was wondering, I'm like, how did they get the wand to appear? I mean, obviously it's some kind of physical object. You know, it's like a drumstick, the size of a drumstick. Right. But um, when I when you originally sat down, you don't. There's no prop laying on the floor. There's no. You know, I mean, there's stands there, but I think there's, I think they're um, more like sensors. Okay. So I said to her, uh, I'm like, yo, how did you guys, you know, have the wand appear? Because like they say, like pick, take up, like take your wand, Harry. And, like you actually, it's floating. You hold it. You know, huh. it's not attached to a string right, right. or anything. It's free. If I want, I throw across the room. You know, <laughs> if you wanted to. Um, and much, very much in character, she says, oh, it's magic, it's uh, Leviosa. You're saying it wrong. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. She uh, did that. So I like how she kept it... Um, uh, kept it in character? Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But I would definitely recommend it. Being the Big Apple, bro, at least, I gotta say this. New York City feels, in my opinion, pretty much back to normal. Now, I went to New York City... Last time I was there was almost basically almost like a year ago, almost exactly, because I saw Dream Theater. Okay. I saw them at Beacon Theater. And this was, I guess, I know we're kind of moving out of the pandemic now, it's fair to say, but it, New York was weird. Like, I went in there, like, wow, this is weird, man. New York City. It was, was creepy. Weird. It was. It felt like the movie Taxi Driver. <laughs> it felt like Gotham. You know, and at this point, they were, um, and they still were, are working on Penn Station, but they had old tarps and yeah. I couldn't even know. For those who want to travel to New York, ever been to New York, you know, Penn Station, you know, was just very blah. It was just you know if you go to Grand Central, that's a immaculate view. That's a work of art. That that right. uh, station, but Penn Station was just I wouldn't say dingy. I think people pick on it, but it was kind of low ceiling. It kind of felt like you're always in a subway. Yeah, you know, in the main floor. But now, returning, um, well, there's there, the Moynihan Hall now. Yes, that is very beautiful. That's uh, kind of like the almost the other side yeah. of. Uh, but that reminds me of King's Cross. Think of Harry Potter. You know, the big, big, uh, big glass, big like, glass. Yeah. And it's like this, like metal kind of structure thingy that looks really nice. Kind of also reminds me of the facade of the Back to Future Tower. Mm -hmm. Kind of reminds me of that. And it just kind of look now. Penn Station looks. They're doing. A, they did a very nice job. It's nice and um, clean. The, the the taller ceilings. Um, it reminds me of an airport. A lot of whites. A lot of that kind of uh, um, aesthetic. 
it looks really good. And, you know, I felt pretty, I felt, like I said, I felt pretty normal. I didn't take the subways to get to the Harry Potter, Harry Potter, uh, Harry Potter thing. Um, I mean, that might be st still sketchy. You know, I mean, look, New York City is always going to have a, a sense of sketchiness. I mean, it is what it is. That's it's it part is. of the fun. Yeah, it's part of the allure yeah. of the city. Exactly. There's so, always going to be a homeless person. Yeah, it's not Disney World. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> this is a real McCoy. But um, yeah. But I really, I, I'm, you know, I think New York City is getting its swagger back. You know what I mean? I really do. I mean, it's not going to be. It's not going to be perfect, but it looked really great. And um, we went for lunch. This is my favorite restaurant in the city. I'm going to recommend it. Uh, it's called the Keg Room. Um, it's between uh, 36th Street and 6th Avenue. It's a really nice bar restaurant. Um, on the when you first walk in, on the left side in the corner is kind of like a bookshelf, and you can actually kind of sit in it, so it looks kind of cool. But it's really nice, great menu. I know people, I know the Irish sometimes get a bad rep for being cooks, but this place, the food is amazing. I always get the salmon there. They make you know basically, and they have fajitas. They have these. I always get this as an appetizer: spring rolls. Dude, it's the best spring rolls I ever got in my life. It's really? so good. Mm -hmm. I love the desserts. I get. I love the tiramisu there. I found that place actually with my brother a couple of years ago. Um, by chance, we met up with one of our friends. Um, just at random, and like it was like a great atmosphere. It's you know they were blasting music. You know they were giving out um, samples of like chocolate stouts. You know what I mean. So ever since then we've been hooked. You know, but everything is immaculate. The food's great. Very clean. It's great. So the keg room, it's really, really good, and I highly recommend it. I think I might check it out. Maybe the next time I'm in the city, I might, uh, I might take a stop at the keg room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never been there myself, but... Yeah. Well, it looks like <laughs> we ran out of our lunch period. We got through a lot today, and uh, but unfortunately, lunch is over. But before we, uh, we sign off, I just want to remind everybody... If you could just follow us on Instagram, Cool Kids Lunch Table, or Facebook. We have a Facebook page, same thing, Cool Kids Lunch Table. You can find the links to all our social media at coolkidslunchtable.podbean.com. That has links to Facebook, Instagram, our YouTube. I think I have a link to our Twitter on there, too. And check out the recommendations on the website also. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week, same time, same table. Have a great week.